You're listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is proudly supported by Audix. Check out the new TM2 integrated acoustic coupler for in-ear monitors and their new line of studio headphones and condenser mics at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read the following statement. Can't wait for this one. Danger. Regular listening to the Signal to Noise podcast is the leading cause of premature aging and sporadic karate moves in lab rats. <laughs> Nevertheless, we are proud to support audio pros like Michael and Chris. And they have that Kyle guy as well, right? Welcome back to the Signal to Noise podcast on Pro Sound Web. As always, my name is Michael Lawrence, and I'm joined by, let's do a little roll call here, the, the bass voice, Chris Leonard. What's up, Chris? What? Uh, fresh off the gym floor and throw, throwing some new shade there on the intro, uh, Kyle Turnside. Arg. <laughs> and also joining us this episode, the fabulous and curly-haired Willis Snow. Yay. Hi, y'all. Hi. So, well, Hi. I was wondering uh, before we started, I was like, I wonder if she's going to hit us with the hey, y'all, or the hello. And so I was I was kind of running odds in my head. And you did the hey, y'all. You did not disappoint. Damn it. Like I, You need to tell me when these bets happen, because I want to get in on this action. <laughs> well, I can't tell you. What? It's kind of like yeah. knowing yeah. what Jeff Hawley is going to write like, about me next week. <laughs> well, if you tell like me, I won't game. tell me. I won't. Like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I can keep secrets. It's fine. You know? And I'll, and I'll make out like a bandit. Also, I just got to say, like, does anybody else do like the Home Depot cat head during the intro, or is it just me? You know, mm-hmm. you're just like kind of rocking out. Like, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Is that a dance move? Like, like, there's this white cat, and it's always paired with like the home. Oh, commercial. Ca- yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like bobbing along to like this super like hardcore rock guitar, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is so grooving. I mean, there's Michael yeah. Price, but this guitar is like grooving, and it's like, yeah. Shout it? out, shout out to our man Mike Green, uh, for that music. He actually just dropped a new music video, so if you like that, go by his YouTube channel and check it out. Big shout out to Mike Green. He's been letting us use his music on the show since we started it, and it's. It's always it's it's silly that I you know I listen to the same fourteen second snippet every week and it's always like enjoyable to me so that's hard to do you know oh, yeah. um, Chris Leonard pleased. yeah I, you know it's I appreciate the simple things in life and one of those simple things is that Chris Leonard spelled his name wrong for tonight's episode shocker it's, it's <laughs> twist. I heard you guys talking when I ran upstairs to get the oatmeal for my girl and. Uh, He's like, oh, it's a Swiss spelling. I'm going to go with the Swiss spelling. We used to have a, a running joke that you were so European that you were Swiss. And uh, <laughs> it has to do with white tennis shoes and track jackets. Already <laughs> off to a promising start on this episode. Willa, uh, who is our guest this episode? Our guest is the absolutely fabulous and wonderful Freya Lawson, systems tech extraordinaire and champion of Well Hung PA from London, UK. Welcome, yeah, yeah, Freya. You- what yeah. up? Hey. So, Willa, Willa, you called me up like a couple weeks ago, and I will leave out the part of the story about how I'm absolutely terrible at scheduling things just for my own lack of embarrassment. <laughs> but you're like, hey, uh, you have to talk to my friend on the show. And I was like, does she have a cool accent? Because that was what made it perfect. So I've been promised a cool accent. Hopefully oh for you won't disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will try to not disappoint. Sorry in advance. <laughs> All right, it's, already, it's already promising. It's already oh, promising. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So freelance system tech. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. And it's, it's uh, are you primarily, did you start off primarily with a company and then you kind of went freelance on your own? Have you always been freelance? How did that shape out for you? 
Oh, yeah, I um, I actually started at Britannia Row uh, in Twickenham. And yeah, I, I was super lucky. I kind of came straight out of university and went there and it was awesome. And I, I stayed with them for about five years or so, kind of like doing in stuff like interdepartmental in-house roles. So they have like, you know, a department for speakers, department for amps, cables, that kind of thing. So I kind of went around that. And then I was doing gigs with them and it sort of didn't really make any sense for me to take gigs and then worry about going back to work in the shop. So they're like, just, you know, freelance. It's kind of a natural progression. So I, I yeah, I went freelance about four years ago. That's it. And for people who, who maybe aren't super up on like how system tech work tech tends to work it's it's a lot more rare for a system tech to be freelance than it is for like a front house engineer who might work with a certain band or something like that because typically speaking a lot of times the system tech um goes with the pa that the company owns so the company owns this pa right. and they send this person out and that person is responsible for this pa wherever it goes and so it's it's a much more rare thing for a system tech to be freelance and to trade on your reputation to be good enough that people can call you to do that. So that's really cool. Um, just, just, just that alone that you've been able to do that. It really speaks to your abilities because that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. I think lots of people are like, Oh, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, see what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, I, I would like to talk a, a little bit at some point about starting your own audio company and like what are the upsides of that and what are some of the you know the the concerns with that like i i also run my own company and one of the things that i have to look out for and you know is is taxes and liability and insurance and there are all these things that are not audio engineering that i now have to deal with because it's my own company and we have to make sure that we're keeping the books properly and we're protected against liability and so like when you're with a company someone else's company it's really it's really nice to let someone else worry about that stuff <laughs> and pay for pay you know what i mean so yeah. um was what was that adjustment like for you um initially it was actually it was quite scary um it's kind of almost like a rite of passage especially i feel kind of amongst the uk side of it all is that you know you went you start with a company um and then eventually it kind of like i said earlier it does make a little bit more sense in terms of like your work and your commitments to to, to then be freelance and be your own boss so initially i was absolutely terrified because i was like what oh god no uh what how um i'm responsible for me now this is me this is you know as a, in terms of being a company it's just me and my brand and just me and i have to make i have to get myself some work damn it uh how and then i have to look at like tax and hmrc which i know you guys don't have to do it over there but here is um it's basically just how we pay our how we pay our tax and if you're VAT registered and that kind of thing it's an absolute minefield um but luckily i obviously knew people who'd done this before and i was like yeah i need the accountant because i am not doing that um so have a you know a lovely accountant who kind of looks after it all for me um in terms of the finance part of it and then i just have to go and do the work and go hey i earned some money what do I do with it? And again, <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> Pay the government all your money, and I go, ah, yeah, all right, no, uh, yeah. But it's it's been okay. <laughs> Well, I, I like. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. I I would also like to ask the question as a freelance tech. I mean, keeping up with all the brands and software and things that you have to arrange for the show. Um, is it easier in the UK because you know it is a smaller country and traveling into Europe? Do you see a lot of the same PAs? Uh, do you keep yourself up on certifications? How do you go about that? Um, initially that was quite a big investment in time and money that I was definitely like obviously going to do uh, but the undertaking of it is quite 
um, daunting to kind of start with because they're like, oh God, there's so much to learn. And then there are certain companies who require you to be trained in certain things and certain companies who are just like, oh, just throw it up, we don't care. You know, so um, loads of... um, loads of the time before I went freelance was spent earning enough money to be able to go on these courses and say right yeah I am certified by this person now and I am certified by this person now etc um and you know that's I think it's really important but you kind of across the board do see the majority of people having the same equipment and the same software which is great um so it does make my job easier but then I also should kind of add to that like when I am freelance I'm still employed by PA companies um and nine times out of ten they are running the same systems and again the same software the same setup etc so it's it's okay yeah it's not as scary as it seems just to just to follow up on that so um was there ever a pa that you learned completely online through the software that you had never hung that you had to go do a gig on i have been really lucky not yet but it's um it's sort of been in terms of you go to the venue and it's there um, and you're like, oh, well, this is fun. But again, I've been so lucky with it all in that my my two main PA people I work with are LQ6 and DMB. So I'm quite happy to go to either one of their rigs. Oh, fancy. Oh, I know, right. Oh, my God. Um, so that's been that's been lovely. But then, you know, other things like... Um, uh turbo sound and stuff like that i learned at a very very basic level when i was just starting out so i could quite happily go up to it and have a bit of a tinker around but in terms of mastering it now i've got a long way to go <laughs> well kyle that's i mean that's a really great point that you brought up because like i said you know, one of the things is if you're touring with, with a company and they go here's your pa you're going out with this pa uh, you have one system to focus on and one software suite. And if you're freelance, you don't know what you're going to see when you walk in. And even even if you're talking about, okay, it's Meyer versus D&B versus L Acoustics. I mean, you're still to, to know those programs and the way those networks go together at a high level. It, it's a big challenge. That's um, a constant learning curve, bro. Yeah. yeah and sure. and it, I'll be honest with you. It's one of the things that I struggle with the most. Um, but I'm I'm not ashamed to say, I mean, I just shout out to my buddy Mike Armstrong Brown over at Meyer. Yeah. I got hired to go and and tune a Meyer thing next month. And I'm like, man, it's been a long time since I was in their software. So I'm like, hey, just just, you know, can we jump on Zoom? Just give me a 30 minute brush up on this, just so I don't get down there and look like a fool. And so part of it is you know, we know how array theory works and we know how summation mechanisms work. And so all that's off the table if you understand the fundamentals of what you're doing. But then when you show up, it's like, oh, I I have it's it's sort of like going from console to console. I know how a VCA works, but I need to remember how to set up a VCA on this particular console and that could get you. And then on top of that, at least in my area, a lot of the systems I see, it's like, you know, they have a custom built drive rack. And so then it's like, okay, um, you know, I understand all of the pieces of equipment that are in play here, but remind me how you you in particular connect your console feeds into your rack and how that gets patched because it's your rack that you built and I don't know it, right? So there's a couple layers of uh, things that you sort of have to navigate there if you're walking up to a different PA all the time. It's what I like to call where the F is the button syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm trying to do and I know how to do it in my head, but where is the button on the desk that does the thing that I need to do? Yeah. And that's, I mean, Willie, you called me like last week and you're like, I know exactly what I'm, what I'm trying to do here. I just don't know how to do it on this console. And that's a, <laughs> that's a wonderful thing to have resources in your, in your phone booth, phone, phone booth, who's doing phone booths these days <laughs> uh, in, in your, in your contacts list or your Rolodex or whatever uh, it, to, to just say, Hey, I'm trying to do this. 
it's an avid desk. I don't know how to do it on this particular avid desk. I'm going to call Ryan or whatever. Like to just to have that network, I would think, and Freya, you can agree or disagree, but when you're trying to do this stuff freelance to have a network like that, where you can just buzz somebody real quick and say, I'm working on this piece of gear. I'm trying to do this. Where's the, where, as Willis says, where's the button, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, to yeah. be able to call those people real quick and get that answer. Yeah, that's invaluable. Like just, yeah, having that group of people around you and also the people that you can just go, do you know what? I have absolutely no idea what I'm even trying to do, to be honest with you. And they go, oh, it's okay. I'm not going to judge you unless you do it again and then I'll judge you. But, you know, like <laughs> having like the people who, who you can just be like super comfortable with and go, what? And they can just run you through it. And yeah, I'm, I'm again, super lucky um, and really fortunate that I have people like that around me. And I've kind of I've been that guy all the time. I'm like, how many questions can I ask you? They're like, well, you know, this is not completely ridiculous. Um, And that's nice. It's reassuring. And I think there's no shame in that, really, because, you know, one of the things I learned uh, taking support calls for smart is that when you work on the program every day, you obviously have a much, much deeper knowledge of what it can do and where the functions are than an average day to day user. And so a lot of people feel embarrassed about how do I do this thing? And I'm like, yeah, but you shouldn't feel embarrassed about that because, you know, uh, you use this thing maybe two times a week to do specific tasks. So um, asking the person who has a ton of drive time on that particular piece of gear, um, you know, there's no shame in going like, hey, you know, I just don't remember how to do this. Uh, and and so I, you know, th- I never be bashful about asking for help on something, you know. A bad comparison would be, uh, so you're the F1 or the NASCAR crew people and all of a sudden your driver got in a different brand of car, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, uh, and I think about European festivals all the time like that because they're proving grounds for insane new technology a lot of times. I mean, even with um, L Acoustics and K1 or the outline stuff, or it, it was like the proving grounds for those new technologies coming out and bringing your own system tech on tour, uh, me as a, a front of house guy or a monitor engineer, it's a big bite to chew. Um, like I said, getting into a, a BMW when you've been driving a Mercedes for a while. Mm, yeah. And that's, that's the, that's, well, that's part of the, I mean, that's, that's an interesting part of the job, Kyle, that, that if we're working for a front of house engineer, uh, they are looking to us to know these things. Yep. And I'll they're catering, bro, while you're trying right, to figure right. this out. So you might you might say, hey, I would like to do this with the subs, or is there a way to have it, you know, do this or this or this? And you don't, as the front of house engineer, you don't need to know that because you're expecting your system tech to know that. So yeah, we have to be ready for those questions that are coming in and either know the answer or know how to get the answer really quickly when that question comes. Yeah, and I think the thing that we should touch on on this episode with Freya as well is the difference between Euro stuff compared to the US market, because in my experience, I've been over there several times, they kill it when it comes to production. Uh, Outdoor open air festivals live in Europe, period, between the UK and Europe. It's the best PAs, the best bands, the best lineups, four days, people camping and pissing in front of each other for three days in a row (laughs) in the mud with their wellies on. It, and it's a fun, phenomenal experience and they stream and do broadcast too. So a system text job for that is amazing. Like uh, you'd get to download and just look at the stages and go, holy shit, they could never pull this off in this state. I mean, Coachella and some of the other festivals try to do it here, but there's no way you could pull off a Castle Donington Festival of 1980s in a field in North Carolina. Sorry, just can't do it. 
<laughs> Direct all your hate mail to uh, if you go to Sigil Noise Podcast. No, there's no hate there. He's, he's right. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like the system tech's job out there is way different than the system tech's jobs in the states. It's true. And and in terms of regulation and what you're allowed to do in terms of audio systems, in particular SPL stuff. It's pretty much whatever you want in the United States right now. It's it's you know it's it's a patchwork of local things. But uh, and Frey, I'd love to hear your experience with this. But in Europe and the UK in particular, there are regulations and health and safety rules about SPL and what it can be and what it can't be. And, oh, and yeah. so that's a bigger part of your job. Some a lot of us in the US um, do it because we can do it because we have the tool set to do it, but we're not legally required to do it in a lot of cases. And often you are right. Oh, yeah. No, we have the noise police here, we like to call them. Um, and, you know, for good reason. Um, lots of, um, you know, well, lots of big outdoor festivals, people live near them, you know, so they have to, you know, have a, they have to have things in place to ensure that noise pollution is a minimum. And uh, especially in London as well, like, if you're going to do outdoor gigs in London, which can be quite popular, um, there's one in particular I used to do quite a lot. Um, as a stage tech, but you know, kind of was around it and sort of all. And it's it's in these crazy places, like these old buildings or in the courtyard of an old house and stuff like that. And again, it's central London; people live nearby, and it, we still have to have timing restrictions and noise restrictions. So, and it would depend on the people who are around, and it depends on what they've they, they'll do surveys. It's whole whole careers dedicated to this, which is actually quite amazing. Um, but they'll come up to you and it's completely at their discretion, you know, through all of their research and through all of um, their environmental things, <laughs> which I don't understand at all, uh, which they calculate. <laughs> I'm like, yes, we can't have any noise. Okay, fine. Um, um, and they can just come up to you and say, oh, you know, today is you know, this limit and you have to stick to this and that's it. And you're like, oh God. And then you get fined if you go over it or people will complain if you go over it and you know, all kinds of trouble. So. Yeah. And, and I worked on, uh, I was a contributor to an AES paper, uh, about this issue. And a lot of the people that worked on that are from Europe. And so it was, you know, I had to sort of adjust being on, uh, the, the people that were working on that, um, around here, we really are very passive about it in most cases. And it's like, you just go and do what you do. And then maybe someone comes and complains and then you're like, okay, it's got to turn it down. Whereas, um, where the stuff's more institutionalized, uh, it really, it's part of the picture from square one and you're actually designing your entire system with this in mind about where it's yeah. going to bleed and all that stuff. And so, um, it's something that we're really behind the curve on in the U S. And so, I mean, have you found out that in your work, if you're at the design stage, are, are, are you thinking about how to control my subs and, you know, where do I want to limit the throw to and stuff like that? Yeah, like you kind of do have that in mind. You kind of know roughly that if you go to this venue, this is going to be your limit and it's going to be either A-weighted or C-weighted. You've got to make sure that you can not blow people's heads off, not destroy the venue as well. That's another thing too that like it doesn't quite come into the um, noise propagation part of it. But in some of these venues, they're old. And if you wind your subs up too much, the ceiling is going to fall down. So you kind of need to like be quite mindful of these things too, the environment that you're in. If you're outside, I guess you could, you know, you still have to be within limits, but there's less concrete to worry about. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind. And, you know, as a as a general rule, if you keep in mind a certain limit, then you can be like, okay, well, I know that it's going to be, it's going to be able to reproduce what I want it to reproduce at this level. Um, but, you know, the, the incredible technology that we have at our disposal now for system stuff kind of means that you don't have to do 
you don't have to worry about you know a lower limit let's say because you know that your PA is going to produce something decent even if your limit is like 85 or something silly um it doesn't have to be loud to be good right yeah and that's that's a really interesting conversation that I don't want to devote this entire episode to, but I'd love to talk about it at some point with, with people that are interested in it is how much of this is the system engineer's job in terms of limiting where we're controlling the sound that's coming out of the PA and noise pollution and, and, you know, not having crazy high exposure down front. And then where does that transition to the, to the mix engineer? I've done a lot of work over the last couple of months with mix engineers about, how to craft a mix that sounds dynamic and impactful and exciting at a lower level. So there, there's a lot of uh, stakeholders and shareholders in doing this right. And, you know, there's a systems aspect to it, but then there's also uh, what the mix engineer is doing. And so, uh, you know, it's been interesting that part of my work to have that dialogue between myself as a system tech and the, the front of house engineer. And it's sort of like, okay, here's what I can bring to the table on this. Let's talk about what you're going to do with the board and that type of stuff. And I think, that is a conversation that will be coming more uh, frequent as as more regulations come down the pipe and more areas start to say, hey, hold on, you know, we're going to start uh, controlling this a little bit. So that's, you know, it's one of those things that like networked audio, I think, you know, is now just needs to be part of a system engineer's vocabulary and knowledge base that maybe 10, 15 years ago you didn't really have to worry about. But now it's it's part of our jobs, right? I think it's also wonderful that there is the technology now and the development of speaker arrays that can translate very clearly beautiful mixes at lower volume and you don't need to push them as hard to get any sort of warmth or anything from them you can drive them at at quieter softer levels and still have that that image clarity and the power and impactfulness from them yeah and that's you know that's that's a great thing for me is that like the, the the reasons that we used to have to crank it up i mean a big one is flying the pa when you had a ground stack system, you had to turn it up just to get to the back and the mm. people in front are just getting steamrolled. And so right. the simple act of saying, we're going to put our array up in the air, right? I mean, mm. with, a, with a modern system, we have the ability to pretty much give everybody the same level within a handful of dB if we want to. So so I love that the old justification for I need to crank it, that is gone. We don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Everyone can have a reasonable level yeah. show now, you know? <laughs> And that I think I think that plays into what Will is talking about too, which is you know uh, part of having quality gear is Willie. You I mean you got to mix. I'm jealous because you're probably the only one of my friends that got to mix on a big rig in the last nine months. Um, <laughs> but but you call me and you're doing this big outdoor thing, and uh, it, you know one of the things that you and I talked about was this confidence that on a big rig, what you're hearing at front of house that everyone else that's spread out or on the audience area, you know, that they're hearing that. And, and these days that confidence can be pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and also thank you so much for always being in my back pocket. I really appreciate you. Uh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, it's ah uh, man. Um, yeah. I mean, that show was, was interesting because the system wasn't tuned in any way. And it was, there were face pockets everywhere. So like, I mean, like the crew were great, but also like we, we had some limitations with, the timing and, and whatnot. So it, it, it was a, a very different experience for me because as most of y'all know, I, I usually work in tiny clubs. So this was like a huge jump for me. Um, and one of my, my slight concerns was like, okay, so how do I make the transition from tiny club to going outside and mixing on a larger system that's meant to cover thousands of people. I have never done this before. What do I do? And one of the beautiful things is that it's it's actually a little bit easier to 
and it was really incredible to finally get a mix that is anywhere near to what I hear in my head. Because like when you're in tiny club world, you can't always do that. You're you're dealing with stage noise and you're dealing with people like pushing you into a corner and you can't, you know, and I mean, one of my favorite mixed positions is from under the stairs and not <laughs> like that's what I, like that's did what you I mean. find i mean the biggest change for me is that i am no longer contending with all of the drums and crap that's blowing off the yeah. stage when you get to a venue that big did thought, you find that that was like night and day for you michael i got to put symbols in the pa yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't think you understand how great this was for me like, I can I can have like overheads and oh my goodness it was it was really great and then I could have like the vocal like be all the way out front and I can have subtlety with my effects it was great it was really wonderful wow I want to <laughs> do it again oh my god I, I need more <laughs> I'm hooked all right well uh, you you got to come out and visit me at one of my shows then as soon I, as there are shows again oh my I'm god the openers or something yes please I would love that. <laughs> so Freya, uh, not only are you systems tech, but you're also a monitor engineer sometimes as well, right? Yeah, that I did that weird thing. You know, you're supposed to be a systems tech and like a front of house person. I was like, nah, screw that. I'm going the other end of the multi. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Why best. Not? It's okay. It's the best spot. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> <it's a> <laughs> I'm ambidextrous. I like both. <laughs> too, honestly, there, there, there's, there's joy in both sides of the snake. I like it. No, I um, I ended up kind of still i'm into systems I, I do love it and i think it's fantastic but for being a tech um i can't i was kind of finding there's only so much there's only so much you can do in order to progress um and sometimes you do need to supplement your work especially when you're a freelancer so um i was i still am well whenever the industry decides to be back again um like I'm working with some incredible companies and I'm so, so super like grateful that they take me on and they give me work. And I was, you know, started it, you know, with a new one and I was like, yay. Um, so bit rubbish at this. Not so good at RF, but I love a bit of PA. And they're like, cool. All right, go fly some PA. And obviously not everybody's touring all the time. And, you know, it, there's not always space on the crew for, I would be like this, you know, second PA person. Um, just hauling the boxes up there and then learning it as much as I could on the side from whoever's in charge of the system too because I want to get up there I want to be good at it um but to supplement that I was also taking on other tech roles so um I, you know when you start out you kind of do a bit of stage staff and I ended up being a monitor tech for quite a few people and I was like this is cool um and I was also super lucky because the people who I was teching for also had like a dual role so they might be monitor engineer and production manager or tour manager or something so they had a lot on their plate um and then it was sort of down to me that it's my job it, to do everything bar touch the faders and I kind of was like you know what this is nice this is okay I'm okay with this <laughs> <laughs> I like this it's an environment I can control I can put these cables there because I said so you know and <laughs> <laughs> I made that rule and um yeah and I can just hand over and say like everything's done here you go I've tuned this you know tuned your edges if you want it, unless you want to do it that's fine too uh done all your radio here you go and it was fine and I, I was still shying away. I shied away a lot from actually touching a console for a very long time. <laughs> I was a bit like, ooh, I don't know about that. Um, and I kind of had some opportunities to, to you know, mix a uh, support band when they hadn't bought a, an engineer or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. And I had one awful gig where I was like, I, I was going to jack the whole thing and I'm done. I quit audio in general. I'm just on mixing on a PM5 and I don't like PM5s. I'm sorry. I can't. 
<laughs> there's something about it I'm a bit dim and I was like ah this is really working out and it was just a car crash and then after that I was like no god no and then someone was like hey uh we need a monitor engineer do you want to do it and I was like are you sure <laughs> there's loads of other people who are really good and they're like no we think you'll be all right and I was like yeah all right then um so and started doing that and actually I love it I think it's great I'm having a really good time um yeah, it's lovely <laughs> I, we, it's something that we talk about a lot on the show and it's an important thing for you to go like, okay, I'm a system tech, but Hey, I can take a gig mixing monitors. I can take a gig mixing front of house. If, if that work needs to be done, the more calls you can say yes to, the better that's going to be for your career. The more money you can make, you know, the more value you're going to be as an employer. Uh, the, the person I call to mix monitors on my shows when I'm, when I'm choosing my people, me, he's, he's a <laughs> Kyle, uh, but <laughs> Kyle often can't make it. Um, no, he's, he's, a, he's a system tech. He's, he's one of the best system techs I know, but he's also really good at mixing monitors and I, and I trust him to do that. So, uh, being able to branch out and take work that, you know, and, and Fred, I'm right there with you. Like I am not super comfortable when I get calls to mix monitors. I take them. There was one gig I had last year was so bad. I called Kyle and Bishop about it for like half an hour on the phone, but, um, it was just awful. It was just awful. And, um, I'm really not comfortable doing that, but it's a gig. So yeah. if you can take the gig. That's, that's a good thing, right? Oh yeah. Like I was, I was so in two minds about doing it. And especially the company that I was doing a lot of my freelance work for at the time, I was like, I thought you didn't want to do that. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but you know, it's a really good opportunity. Um, and the band I work for are absolutely incredible. And we all started as one, you know, as a unit all starting together for the first time. Um, so I had a bit of, you know, experience in my belt and I was like, I have mixed support for this tour. Fine. Um, but the, the band were quite new together because it's an artist and he's incorporated a band um and we all started from day one together and it was actually great because it means we can go through all of the oh not sure oh what do I need to do here and learning with each other and that I think that as an environment was so helpful and like you know just invaluable because you're not starting from someone else's uh in someone else's footsteps or in someone else's uh, shoes should I say you know because sometimes you take over a job for someone and that's terrifying and they're like oh you're not like the other person and you're like no I'm not actually sorry um but this is nice because we could all start together so it's been it's been great yeah so now you get to set the standard yeah those poor people they think we're awful because of me (laughs) 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 these poor kids are like is this when this is supposed to sound yeah Uh, yeah no no it's been good it's been lovely So I'm curious. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Your uh, so your first gig was this. Um, well, one of your first professional gigs that you list at least. It was a rather small gig. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, the, the 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 London 2012 Olympics. Um, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, into Paralympics. Uh, uh, let's let's hear that. What's uh, so? How'd you get into this? How how was that your first gig listed? <laughs> Um, so, oh, wow. I was a student at the time and I was about to graduate. Um, and basically one of my lecturers knew a sound engineer who was like in charge of recruiting media students from the South of, well, all of the UK, uh, to basically be volunteers. So I didn't really do a lot of audio engineering. I'm not going to lie. I sat there and I pressed a button a couple of times and that was it. (laughs) There are (laughs) thousands of others who do exactly the same and claim a lot more. It's okay. (laughs) Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I did loads of work. But and you paid attention hard. for the whole show. 
Because uh, dude, Kyle yeah. gives you three songs and then he's checking LinkedIn on his phone. Uh-huh. I can always tell when Kyle's at a gig because I'll get like notifications that he just liked the last 19 things on my feed going back three months. <laughs> so I'm like, Kyle's mixing monitors right now. He's checking stuff out. <laughs> so so if you if you press that button, but you hung with it the whole show, uh, that's a thumbs up in my book. <laughs> I did press, I pressed that button and I pressed it good. Um, but yeah, it was... Yeah, I was just I was just a volunteer, but it was great, and I, that's how I ended up going over to Britannia Road because they had their engineers there, um, and I was their assistant, and just sat and bought them coffee, and it was great, and they were lovely. And then I sort of went, "Hey, this is what I want to do, like in life. How do I?" And then I emailed their HR department, and they're like, "Oh, you should come in." And then five years later, they're like, "Oh, you should go freelance now." I was like, "Great," <laughs> so I went well. Um. Do you think looking back, one of the things that I'm I'm really try to push hard for is young people who want to do this to speak up and go to someone who's doing the job and say, I want to do this. Can you show me something? Or or that first step can be really, really tricky for a lot of people. Was that a turning point for you? And you said, Hey, this is what I want to do for for my my career. I mean, do you do you remember that being a defining moment for you? Oh yeah, like I think I decided it a while before. Like I did, I did my degree, and it was in audio and music production, but it was mainly studio based. And I got into it going, yeah, I want to be a studio engineer. And I came out the other end going, no, thank you. <laughs> um, and I was like, yo, we did a live module. Like this is this is it. I'm down. And I remember pestering my lecturer so much, like, what do I do? How do I do it? Oh my god! And then he was like, just do things, you know, go go see this person, go see that. And I did for a long time. If ever I went to a gig, I'd be like, yeah, hey, front of house person what does this button do? And they'd be like, oh God, one of them, you know? Um, and then I was like, okay, that's not quite the right approach, is it? So I kind of, I just got in there. And then when I got to Britannia Row, I was like, there's so many people here to learn from. And I was kind of, I was so impatient, so impatient. I remember going, everyone kind of had this thing where like, oh, it's going to take you like this amount of years to get a gig. Uh, and then you'll go freelance at some point. And I was like, nah, I'm not waiting this amount of years. <laughs> No, <laughs> so I remember marching upstairs to the MD and going, can I go and do the Brits? And he went, yeah, all right. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I was like, because you're the boss and I don't know who else to ask. And he's like, yeah, go on then, do it, I don't care. And everyone's like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I'm bored. I want to go out. I want to do a gig. Um, so I was just, That yeah. is the secret. That is the $50,000, I mean, the, the golden ticket right yeah, there. Right, yeah. <laughs> So many people. How did you get on the phone with that person? Or how did you get that? Because I asked and and 50 other people wanted it, but they didn't ask. And I was the one who asked. And and yeah. so oftentimes don't underestimate the power of just saying, hey, I'd like to do this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, all they can do is say no, honestly. Um, that's that is literally the worst thing they can say is no. And then or you try again another time. And you just keep trying that. and keep trying. What, so yeah. Think- change is always uncomfortable. But the outcome is what you want. So yeah, you gotta you gotta do come out of your barrier to do something new. And I think that's a great way to approach it. I always make fun of Michael about it, but it, seriously, Michael has put himself in some great positions to talk to some great people. And I mean, even the podcast shows for it too. Is like it. You just gotta reach for it and go for it, man. It changes uncomfortable. Just get through that bit of uncomfortable and do it. And That's shout crazy. out again, Signal to Noise Podcast Mentorship Program. Uh, we've been having some people reach out, which is cool. Um, I just had a session with a young man over the weekend. We're going to be working on some stuff together. And he sh- he was prepared. He showed up with a whole list of like, he's like, okay, these five people have been on your show and I want to talk to them. And I was like, my man, okay, I'm going to set it up Aww. for you. Because that's, 
that's yeah, that's that is such a intimidating thing i think for a lot of people particularly younger people or people who are less experienced a lot of people are coming to audio after doing something they didn't like for 10 years or whatever and so uh i i just i I can't say it enough reach out to us and say hi and you know if you put your your phone number in your email signature kyle turnside will call you um because he will he doesn't like to answer emails so so just reach out and make kyle call you up and and share the goods and we really encourage people to do that and i'm i'm really happy to see that we have been getting more people reaching out um i know chris is working with somebody new now and kyle you've been working with a couple people as well so i'm I'm really i'm really happy about it i have a uk uh guy too tim we haven't talked in a while and i feel bad about it now thanks (laughs) (laughs) you you know what the uk has well europe in general has over um u.s catering better curry well no hold on on. uh beans at breakfast yeah beans on toast bro yeah i I don't know if i would want beans for breakfast you're out of your mind you're you're dismissed yep okay gotta go (laughs) heinz beans on toast you can have them any time in the day. It's not, you know, it's not just breakfast. I've never heard We're of that. We're quite versatile. Because <laughs> I've never done, I've never done UK tour. I actually signed on for one years ago and, and ended up getting canceled like a week before the tour was supposed to leave. Oh. So I, I was like, I was calling my friends going like, all right, tell me about the food. And like, so I had all my notes ready. No one mentioned beans on toast though. So oh, nice. maybe I need to call well, people back and yell at them. Couldn't you consider like a, a bean and cheese taco to be beans on toast? I usually say no beans when I order my tacos. What? Wow. I know. These are different not... kinds of beans, though, you guys. I'm just going to say that. Like, they, okay. I think we're having two different beans in mind right here. Yes, this yeah. isn't the uh, <laughs> American baked beans, you know, in a can. This is, is different. It's oh, Heinz. Yeah. It's Heinz <laughs> beans. That's all it says on the can. <laughs> Maybe I we know. can line them up as a sponsor for the show. Please. Brought to you in part by, by beans. Uh, <laughs> So I, I want to take the conversation back to Freya right quick. Uh, so Freya, one of the most interesting gigs that I've seen from on a resume, at least, uh, was uh, a fashion week. You did you did the London Fashion Week? Yeah, I used to do yeah. a lot of them, and they are something else. Let me tell you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the world of fashion is insane. Like everyone thinks that what we do is like super crazy and awesome, and obviously mm. it is for the most part. Like we get involved in these incredible productions with like mental sets and shows and all kinds of things fashion is next level like i mean it can be as simple as i say simply it can be on paper as simple as a bunch of people walking up and down a runway for sure but the the thing the design that goes into them and the production that goes into them it's it's mental because it's like first of all if they want a sound system they can't we cannot be seen we must be heard, but not seen. So no, they can't see anything, no cables, nothing. And it will be like the age old argument of, okay, I want to put a speaker there. And we're like, okay, cool. And they're like, well, I can't have a cable. Well, like, well then you can't have a speaker. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of like, there's a lot of give and take. And for the most part, now you get people and productions around it who are quite used to being the middleman between the, you know, the people with the vision and then us with our speakers and our horrible cables and stuff. And um, <laughs> <laughs> we are the enemy, you know, um, but um, it's incredible because it takes 
a week or so to transform a venue and especially if it's London Fashion Week like there's there's certain venues around London that they use and there are things that shouldn't be well I say shouldn't in in our mind should not be used for a fashion show like a, a gallery in a museum or um we have an officer's training corps place in London that they convert and big empty spaces I've done one in um a crazy like dilapidated building on the side of the Thames I was actually talking about it with some mates the other day and it was so cold because it was like the it was like January or something it was freezing it was five floors with no lift and like oh goodness yeah and the roof the tiles are falling off the roof and we're in the roof and it was all crazy um <laughs> and yeah yeah it's nuts and you we know, do shows they, here in ice arenas tell us about it oh yeah no I'm sorry yeah I forgot but you know <laughs> um we're not hardcore are we um but yeah you put all this together and you work on this solidly for a week and it the show lasts four minutes and then you take it down again and you go home and it's like wow what just happened you know just with your shell shot but yeah it's it's pretty incredible um it's a long There's... long job but it is it, it, yeah it's pretty I'm cool. just baffled that they only last four minutes me too. They're on this mental schedule and you get all, all these people that are invited to this one, invited to this one. So they have to stick to a schedule. It's like a London-wide schedule. And if you overrun, that means all of these people in this room are going to miss the next one. So heaven forbid Versace should run over and then you can't go to <laughs> Gucci, you know, wild. That's me all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, <right? laughs> there, you know what, though? There's there's something that's still magical. Of, you know, those those time-lapse shots where they, you see them take a you know a hockey arena and they, they turn it into a, a, a show – there that has not lost its magic to me um it's really when it's you go into a venue a hockey arena mike well no i'm just saying like i mean the band the, the local band i mixed they were like hey we want to do a live stream thing for new year's and so we found this this local building and office space that wasn't being used and they're like doesn't really look like a rock show and i'm like we'll come back tomorrow and we put all the pipe and drape up and they came back and I'm like this looks awesome so like shout out to pipe and drape right but but also <laughs> it, it's it's amazing to me that transformation that takes place and and there, there is something really magical about that to me still. And that, that's a lot of the kind of, you know, seeing a space like for its possibilities. But then they're also like, yeah, it's like, it's a nice arena. I don't think we should have a show in here, like type of thing. But I do like that <laughs> transformation process where you're looking at the space and you're like, oh, if we hang a truss here, and we put some lifts over here and we hang drape here. Like, yeah, this will look cool. You know, I, I, I really like that part of it. Oh, it's, uh, but this is not pipe and drape. This is a wall has been built, you know, like a whole new building has appeared in this building like oh, overnight. That's incredible. it's nuts but yeah it's it's super cool it's very cool so what was it what was it like uh getting into educational videos so you you, uh, you you put out a series uh with digico uh called locked up with digico uh and put together quite a few videos they were uh, they were pretty cool what was uh what was that like that was equal parts great and terrifying um, <laughs> <laughs> they were like oh like we just want a bunch of people to kind of tell us how how you interact with our with our consoles that kind of thing and i was like sure that sounds great oh god um and i was racking my brain for such a long time because like i'm you know in the grand scheme of things i'm still so new to to being an audio engineer like in in you know in the world of live stuff there are people who've been doing this for like longer than i've been alive and I'm like, why do you want me to do this? And I did, and it was actually really good fun. Um, but I, my God, I have such a newfound respect for people who like work on YouTube, you know, who are like, because editing a video is so hard. My gosh, I was there for out days. I was doing it for days. Um, but it, it was great, and it was interesting to try and 
film something and edit it to make it make sense to other people because in my mind it makes sense um but to to actually um translate that into something that's going to make sense to everybody was quite difficult um but it was good and it was really fun and I learned a lot because you still I still have to go in and go okay well why do I do it that way you know what does that actually mean (laughs) um so that was cool yeah definitely fun i mean i think one of the one of the uh biggest ways that uh to know if you really know something is to teach it right and so so you 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 say like you're early you know early in your career you feel like you don't know much but the simple fact that you were able to lay out all that information uh you have to actually know that in order to be able to teach it right and it'll become very transparent of what you don't know uh when you try to explain it to someone else i think the exercise of trying to teach so even if it's not on a public level but like the exercise of trying to teach someone something uh will teach you even more than you ever thought you needed to know about whatever that is oh yeah absolutely for sure and the other thing that was like super daunting was like you say i was i'm putting this out publicly and my peers are going to watch this and i'm just so silly i was a bit like oh my god what are they all gonna think and actually everyone was super cool and really lovely and i was like oh that's cool then thanks and (laughs) i'll tell you that my girlfriend, who's not an audio engineer, um, is very interested in your video in particular because there's Pusheen stuff in the background. Oh, uh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I was like, I'll just put some cats in the background. <laughs> well, you got I know. Well, I don't have a real cat. And I was like, that's half the fun of like people doing videos from home in the moment. It's like, oh, my cat's coming. And everyone goes, oh, the cat. I haven't got a cat. The thing I want to say to anyone who is worried about putting out content, uh, yes, it can be scary at first. Um, but you know what? Like, and this isn't just to you, this is just in general, but like, who the F cares what other people think, right? So, like, I, I in other words, like, I, I, I feel people. like. I feel like if, <laughs> if if you believe in something or you're making something, you put it out there. If people don't like it, they keep scrolling, right? And and if they don't like it, then put out something better, right? And so like, I, it's more of just like if you're anyone who's cautious to like, especially in this time where we're into you know new side gigs, new hustles, new whatever. Like, look. Put your shit out there. If people don't like it, so what? They'll move on. But quite honestly, if you got to the, to the point of being able to put yourself out there, you're probably uh, better or in a better position than most other people. So I, I say good on you for 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 you know crossing that barrier and and going through with it. Oh, thank 100%. you. <laughs> thank and I, and I'm all I'm really really a big fan of people saying, well, I will tell you my approach, or let me just tell you what works for me. I, I you know. Uh, I, it really is nice because it drives home the point that uh, I did a thing with uh, Annie DeFranco's modern engineer, and I'll never forget what he said to me. The first thing he said to me is like, "Hey, everyone's got their own recipe, man." He's like, "I'm just, I'm just telling you mine, you know." Leaning, leaning, like, don't take everything I say. This is not the be all end all way to do it. I'm not saying gospel. I'm just like, I'll show you my approach. And there's a ton of value in that conversation. And that's why I like the, the mix 45 thing I did with Ryan John and the Alan Heath quick mix thing where you like four people, uh, Will, Will and I did that together actually. Oh my God, um, that was terrifying. It, it is, but <laughs> it's, but it's really cool because all four of us got the same. It was you and me and Smith Potter, Mike Bangs and uh, Drew Thornton. Mm-hmm. And we all got the same multi-tracks and you get five totally different mixes. Oh, and wow. there's so much value in hearing what five different engineers did with the same raw material and saying like, it's not about, it's not a contest for whose mix is best. Um, 
mm-hmm. because the discussion is, well, okay, uh, Drew, I really like what you did with your hi-hat and Willa, I really like what you did with your delays or whatever. So um, it's all about like, hey, here's my recipe. Let me show you my approach. And I want to learn some stuff from everyone else's approach too. And so like anytime everyone, uh, you know, is going to say, hey, let me show you what I do at the desk. Order. I'm like so in favor of that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Uh, iconic, weren't they? Alan and Heath here soon. And yeah, I, oh, I yeah, oh, Jimmy. I yeah, you're doing the next on. one too. I'm excited for that, Kyle. I'm really excited for that. I am too, because I haven't mixed a show since, holy cow, March of last year. So it's going on a year. Oh, man. I'm reliving yeah, for- my past right now through Facebook. Oh, man. <laughs> I understand that. Freo, I'm really relating to what you're saying about, uh, like, you're still very new to the industry and... I don't really know everything just yet, but here I am. I'm going to try this. And like that, that quick mix was really scary to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going up yeah. against Ruth Thornton and I'm going up against Michael Lawrence. And like, Oh my gosh, like all these huge, like heavy hitters to me in my head that I'm just, and like, as we've established on previous episode, I'm apparently scary according to Wes. So yes. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, like, all the people that are like experts and have been doing this a hell of a lot longer than me and i'm just like why why am i here like mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I, like i feel like i'm the child with pigtails like hi guys like I'm oh god yeah like, so, like, no, so, but no like, like um, i mean it was such a wonderful and rewarding experience because it's like i i i, I mean I th- samantha potter was the only I, I actually texted her i'm like girl i'm freaking out why did you make me do this <laughs> uh, and she's like, they're just people yeah that's all she said it's like they're just people i'm like oh yeah yeah you're right and so and then i listened to the track that she picked out and it's like okay this is fun all right cool we like music we can do this and i'm just like i i just kind of took a deep breath and i decided to just have fun with it and it's like okay well i'm just gonna do what i do and i'm gonna bring my perspective and that's all i can do is just bring me and show the world me which is very scary and that's i mean like that this is why i'm not on the stage because that's what the artists do they can show right. the world them and that i'll just hang out in the up. back and i'll just like and no one will look at me and it'll be fine um mm-hmm. like- here's the deal never lose what you just said never lose that feeling that it's your first time and you're just going to go for it yes. because once once you lose that feeling of the butterflies. Oh, look who I'm up against. Oh, so-and-so's mixing after me. So-and-so's doing this, like never lose that feeling. Cause dude, I'm going on 25 years. Like, and, and seriously, like last year I was in Japan and I mixed before Royal blood and the Foo Fighters. And I was so nervous. Oh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like I'm in, I would die. I'm oh. in a stadium, like, and I've been doing this for 25 years. I never want to lose that feeling, Willa, ever. Mm-hmm. If I lose that feeling, there's something wrong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, one of the things that I always kind of harken back to, no matter what I do, like, even if it's like stage handing or I'm in a tiny club or I'm doing, or I'm working independently for an artist, is just find the joy and just love what you're doing. Like, find some reason, like, even if it's just like a, a children's nutcracker ballet in a community theater like there's some joy to that there's some challenge to it that can inspire you and kind of propel you forward but willa you have another thing that i like that i i sort of have a version of which is before i mean every single time i have a a a project or a gig or whatever i i'm internally in my head going 
hope I don't fuck this up. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I always still have that. And you have a thing about giving yourself permission that it's okay oh, yeah. to, to screw it up. You have to be and, okay to fuck up. Like, you have to tell Yeah, you do. Like, and I, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. I got, uh, when I did USITT a couple years ago, the, the Proson Web loudspeaker demo, you're in the room with all of these manufacturers. And, you know, there's a lot of people there to come in to hear certain PA systems. And there's a ton of cues you got to fire. And I'm like, hope I don't fuck this up. And I did. I, fu- I fucked up a cue. And guess what? I'm fine, you know? Um, and <laughs> Freya, I just want to tell you, my girlfriend just texted me. She said, um, finally, there hasn't been enough Pusheen content on your show. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. But, um, All hell, Pusheen. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to I throw out this idea that in our heads, like Willow, what you're talking about, it's not necessarily a totem pole. Um, because I think there's like, when we talk to somebody else about audio, one of the first things we do in our head is like, is this person know more than me? Or do I know more than this person? We try to like divide all our conversations into two categories. That's and that's so not true. a great, that's it's so not bad. a great approach. It's horizontal. So I'm like, okay, we all have our own little lily pad, right? And so um, like Chris Raybold, I've been sending him board mixes of the band that I'm working with and he'll send me back feedback, which is really nice. And so thanks, Chris. But then like the other day he called me up because he was trying to do something and smart. And I was like, oh, just click here. And he's like, okay, thanks, man. So this is not, it's not about who outranks who. I mean, we all know things and we all don't know other things. And I think it's just okay as you two realize, like, I know more about this area and less about this area and that's okay. We can all help each other. And I think that's a better mental view. Mm-hmm. I love that view. I wish more people had that view. And I think that most people do, but maybe I wish that we convinced ourselves more people had that view. Yeah. But Chris it's Lynn. important. <laughs> In the UK, they call them twats. <laughs> it's true i'm just it's true yeah i i do i am a little envious of the the uh more playful sense of vulgarity that you guys have over there because i i miss that in the u.s and i wish i could i wish i could use some of those really enjoyable words that you guys oh, man, come down to Texas. Oh, wow. come down to Texas. we got all of the, the, the crassness all the over words. here like, come down here <laughs> uh. Chris has been trying to ask a question for like five minutes now. I'm sorry, Chris. What do you, Chris Leonard of the incorrectly spelled name? What do you got for us? <laughs> it's all good. So Freya, yeah, so you, 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 you say you're early in your career. I'm curious if this is something you've thought about. Um, if you had to define what you want your legacy to be, what would it be? Oh, that's there a it is. Dun, dun, dun. That's the question. Oh, okay. I think I'd like it to be kindness and education. Because my heart's not enough for that in our industry. (laughs) Oh my god, it's the best legacy. I love that so much. (gasps) Um, Maybe Pusheen should be. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that. I think um, more people need to be kinder to each other and themselves. Uh, And the way that we share knowledge can sometimes be quite strange. Um, maybe like we just said, like maybe it's because that's how we perceive it. Um, but you know, there are some some people and some some situations where people feel like they can't ask questions and um, that they're going to be judged if they think a certain thing or do a certain thing. And I think that I think we should change that. I think it'll be nicer. You know, I love that. Love it. That has way more depth than the taco question. I got to say, thanks for, bringing, <laughs> thanks for bringing that one in the new year. Because if you were on the show last year, for you would have been asked about like tacos. I guess we did do the beans for breakfast thing. So I guess we yeah, kind of got I, the best I, of both look, worlds. I, I brought the food question first. You know, you did. You did. <laughs> Thank you. It's the important question. Yeah, guys. we got we all checked all of all the boxes now. Freya, thank you so much for chatting with us. I've had an absolute blast uh, talking to you. Willa, good call. Uh, your 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 stock just went up. The, the oh, accent no. <laughs> was, was delivered as promised. So, we're thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks for being here, Freya. Yes. It's been 
my absolute pleasure and i love what you guys are doing with this podcast and stuff i think it's wicked i've been listening in and really enjoying them so you guys well done <laughs> thank you so much thank you